I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Football Friday. We've got all the college football conference championships. The Bucs hosting the Panthers on Sunday. Can Jameis Winston do it again? Is Deshaun Jackson on his way out of Tampa Bay possibly? And is the Tampa Bay Lightning's Braden Point an MVP candidate at this point? We're going to talk about all that with Times columnist Tom Jones here in just a moment. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Burstick. Welcome to Sports Day Tampa Bay. Before we get started, you know, hey, folks, it's only 25 days until Christmas. That's right, 25 days until Christmas. You want to make sure you get a great gift for your wife, your loved one. At Continental Wholesale Diamonds, that's where you're going to have the best time ever when shopping at Continental. And so for our listeners only, my friend Andy is offering a limited time 20% off all jewelry price purchases. That's right, 20% off. Now, they already got the best prices anyway. So whether you seek a statement piece like a gorgeous diamond necklace or maybe uh, you're on your quest to find that perfect engagement ring, maybe get engaged on Christmas Eve, well, Andy is going to give you his undivided attention. Come into Continental Wholesale Diamonds today and you score big with 20% off all your jewelry purchases. It's where I shop, Continental Wholesale Diamonds. They're at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club. And it's a football Friday. We got Chris Carter, who all he does is catch touchdowns. Got to get yourself a fall guy. <laughs> and a coach, Mike Ditka. Ah, stop, come on, stop it. I had another heart attack. It's a baker's dozen. Keyshawn Johnson looking dapper as always. And the box take on the Carolina Panthers at the Big Sombrero. Be Jameis. All he does is Winston against Super Cam Newton. And a happy birthday to Tom What's Up Pussycat Jones. Come What's on, up, man? buddy. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I, oh, <laughs> I forgot what you started doing a football Friday. I wasn't ready for it. And you said Chris Carter. I'm like, what did Chris Carter used to say? I forgot all that. It took <laughs> Gotta me a get second. yourself a fall guy. Get yourself a fall guy. There you so. go. Yeah, good. Yeah. And we can bring in our fantasy football guy, Dave Richard. We can <laughs> Let's bring get in all the old questions guys. ready. Uncle Fran Tarkington and uh, oh, Tommy yeah. Bowden and all the guys we used to have on our old show. Cast of thousands. Absolutely. <laughs> Audience of millions. But, hey, that's another topic. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, also from the uh, soon-to-be Pointer Institute of Media Studies. Got this question the other day, and I, I want a true, honest, and uh, concise answer. Yes. Will you now be in a capacity to evaluate me? Oh, I thought you were going to ask what I root for other teams now at this point because I'm actually looking forward well, no, to maybe that's... starting to root for teams. I guess I you could. Can, you can root for teams now, I right? Because you're not for... covering teams. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I'm no longer... But would I evaluate? Yeah, I did see that question. I don't. I don't think. I don't think if so. If I wrote something though that you were like, I don't, e, ooh, e, I don't know. It's not so much if you write something. Like if you were like if you took money from somebody. If you took money oh, from I'm the Glazers. The if you oh, took I'm money from the Glazers and then wrote about the Glazers, that would yeah, be kind of sketchy. Yeah. That would be. Real I wouldn't. Sketchy. I, I try not to advertise the fact if I did that. But yeah, no. I. Uh, <laughs> I, I but I, I don't, don't think. I think it. you're clean, man. I think you're clean. I think you're good. Okay. I don't, there would be no reason to to check. All right. That's good to know that because i have a podcast that i want to continue so you <laughs> no don't worries. evaluate podcasts do you uh, well, you no. might you're gonna have one I yourself, could. right? it's a media yeah. it's a podcast or media sure sure yeah. sure you're gonna have one yourself as well 
Eventually, yeah. Eventually, yeah. All right. Well, hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, let's jump right into it. So um, before we get started on the Bucks Carolina this weekend, uh, Rose Story, they had, uh, you know, as you probably uh, know since you were there, they had the lowest attendance uh, at their game on Sunday against the 49ers uh, in more than eight years. And uh, I think the, the actual attendance was somewhere around 40,000. The Bucks are giving away two tickets to uh, season pass holders for Sunday's game against Carolina. Are you worried suddenly about the future of this NFL team in Tampa? It's not, a, it's not necessarily the NFL team in Tampa, Rick. I'm worried about the future of attendance. If I'm an NFL owner, I'm worried about attendance, period. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't looked at the numbers for what's going on in other cities or anything, but sure. it's become such a television sport at this point. I'm not even sure why people go to the games it, it, because if you're a football fan – you're basically locking yourself into one game that day. You're going. That's you're true. getting up, and if you go to a Bucks game and you live anywhere, even if you live in Tampa, you're leaving the house at probably nine thirty, ten o'clock. Yeah, you're yeah. getting there, and then you're probably going to tailgate a little bit. Then you get in. Then getting out after the game probably takes you an hour just to get out of the parking lot. Yeah. And now you're talking about getting home at six or seven o'clock. You're not going to. You're going to miss the second half games. You watch the Sunday night game or whatever. But yeah. um, as far as Tampa, in specifically though, we we've talked about this before, Rick. I think the worst. I don't mind if it, if if I'm an owner, if the fans love my team, or even if they're angry or hate my team at the moment, they're still passionate about. It. The worst thing you can have though is for them to be apathetic, for not to mm. care one way or the other, and. Is that what's going on with the Bucks right now? Are they in a situation where, you know, they're they're not they're not horrible, but they're not really good, and it feels more the same? I mean, I don't know you've been around this team a long time, Rick, and we've we've gone through the ebbs and flows of attendance issues with at the old Tampa Stadium oh, and Raymond yeah. James. You know, they've had seventy thousand people. That? Yeah. yeah, and then they've had games where they've been blacked out for two years. Yeah, so yeah. I don't. I mean, if you're the Glazers, how are you? How what do you think? Well, I mean, you're giving away tickets. As long as I guess his fans don't sell those tickets to the other team, the well, Bucks they are. Carry- yeah, frankly, well, yeah, that's- frankly, they. I mean, I don't know if they're going to sell the the tickets they're giving away. That might not be possible, um, the way they have it set up. But they are selling their own tickets because the lower bowl every week is filled with uh, the opposing fans, and right. I'm, I'm guessing those aren't season p- pass holders from you know places like Carolina, San Francisco, and you know, and uh, Atlanta. So right. Um, you know, that, that's always happening. You can't spell apathetic without pathetic. <laughs> so, so I think, uh, I think the record certainly has something to do with it, but yeah, it's, 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 uh, you know, it's a pro I think it's rare, you know, hockey does this. They do a lot of giveaways and things. Um, mm-hmm. sure. The NFL tries to steer clear of that, quite frankly. Now you've had situations in Jacksonville where they've discounted tickets and that would make me more angry if I had paid full price for a season pass and suddenly, they're filling the stadium with half price right. tickets. Right. You know, right. so at least this way, they're sort of, according to Brian Ford, their COO, saying, well, we're adding value for being a season pass member, and you get the tickets to give them to your family or friends or whatever. Right. So that's Business a little bit better. It's whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it's to me, when I'm looking at the, at the NFL, and that's why Jerry Jones, we talk about Jerry World and what this great stadium he built was. And it's not that he's competing against other NFL teams, he's competing against guys sitting in there and women sitting in their living rooms and in their man caves or women she sheds or whatever you want to call them as they as they watch uh football it's easier to watch it at home than it is to watch it uh watch it in the stadium exactly right exactly right well let's move on to uh, uh to the bucks and on the field Jameis winston played his best game of the season uh certainly against the 49ers no turnovers threw for more than 300 yards and uh the, the big question is can he do it again against Carolina. And if the Bucks 
Tom, if the Bucks beat the Panthers to go five and seven, should it begin to change how maybe people think about Winston or maybe Dirk Cutter? I think so. Look, I think they're going to win. I picked them to win for this oh, wow. weekend, and and partly the reason is, is is I don't think Carolina's playing all that great. They've lost what three in a row coming in. I think they're reeling a little bit. Rick, you know Jameis probably better than anybody, and we've seen every play he's he's you've seen every play he's he's ever had in the National Football League. My guess is that he saw some positive reinforcement over the weekend. It's one thing to go out there and say you can't turn the ball over, you, you can't throw interceptions, you can't give it to the other team. Here's what happens when you do. It's another thing to actually go out there and not do it and then see the results from it. And I think the validation he's gotten over the past week, I think I don't know that he's like turned a corner forever. Like he's never you know, sure, now he's gonna one game. Like, yeah. now he's gonna throw like two interceptions a year like Drew Brees. That's not gonna happen. But I do think that for at least in the short term, he's gonna be much better. And yeah, Rick, I'm starting to think it could I don't know about Dirk's situation. I still right. think if they miss the playoffs, it's gonna be you're going to hard justify coming back. But I'm working on a column. I think I'm working on a column. At least I thought about this the other day. <laughs> okay, Rick, if you're a, if you're a, 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 um, an NFL owner in today's NFL and you're putting together, okay, I'm going to hire a coach right now. I want to put together uh, – I want to get a coach. What's most important to me? I want a coach. His offense, exactly. Guy who knows how to call plays. A guy who knows what offense in today's National Football League looks like. So I got a guy out there whose offense routinely puts up 500 yards a week, whose mm-hmm. quarterbacks routinely throw for 350, 400 yards. A doesn't seem who, to matter who it is. Right. It does, yeah, it doesn't matter. I got an, an average offensive. I might improve the running game a little bit over the next couple of years. So I'm looking at this team, and I'm thinking, okay, would I be interested in that coach? I'm looking at a resume, and I'm saying, yeah, this guy seems to know what he's doing. And then I look at the name of that resume, and it's Dirk Cutter. I mean, yeah. Dirk Cutter does a pretty good job, I think, doing the one thing that he's here to do, which is to run an offense. Now, does he need to fix the defense? Yeah, you call, you bring in somebody. Maybe you don't hire your buddy next time, yeah. or bring your or bring your buddy back for another year. I, I look, I, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Dirk Cutter fan in the world in terms of some of the other things he does. I think he's a little thin skinned. I, I don't know how, I don't know what his relationship with players. I, I don't begin to know that because I'm not in that locker room with them, but. I'm looking at his resume as a coach in terms of of what he does offensively, and it's pretty good. I would I would consider it if uh, if they go on a little bit of a run here. The only thing I would say is that, and I, this is probably in a great comparison, but Tony Dungy had a really good defense for a number of years, yes, as good as anybody in the in the NFL. He didn't know what to do with offense, as the saying goes. It wasn't that he didn't know offense; he didn't know anybody who knew offense. <laughs> um, but uh, but they fired him, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Right. Um, so, you know, no matter how good one side of the ball is, you still got to you still got to be the head coach. You still have to run the entire organization, uh, or you know, That's you're true. responsible for both sides. So that brings us to the defense, which has really picked up since they fired Mike Smith, and that is Dirk Cutter's buddy, and he's the guy that that uh, hired him, and and obviously uh, would have gone to bat with Jason Light and others to to re-sign him to that large contract. But since they've gotten rid of him and appointed Mark Duffner. They have like 20 sacks in the last six games. They've got eight in the last two games. They're on pace for 42 sacks, which would be the most since 2004. Mm-hmm. And that's without their two Pro Bowl linebackers, their safety. So this seems – I could be wrong. I mean, it seems like it was a coaching problem to me. How could you not look at it that way? We talked about this, Rick, when they were going through their struggles. You, you know, we're, we're on road trips. Like the, the Chicago game was the glaring example. Ooh. That was the game where it Didn't was – Didn't look like pro football. It didn't. It didn't look like guys knew what they were supposed to do out there. Like, it was total confusion. 
And you started to get this sense, whether we're right or wrong about this, but you started to get the sense that, or at least you start asking the question, has our modern day offenses confusing to Mike Smith and confusing Mm -hmm. to this, the way they're doing things defensively. And I don't know if Mark Duffner's just made it simple and, 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 you know, Could have, maybe. And just, okay, here's what we're going mean, to do. Mark Duffer's no spring chicken. I mean, he's no. older than Mike Smith was. That's right. That's right. And so maybe, you know, maybe, or maybe it's, maybe it's some of the teams that they're running into these days. San Francisco is not a great team. Playing, right. you know, you're playing a third string quarterback at that point. Sure. Yet, sure. yet nevertheless, you're, you're, it does feel like you can't, you can't deny the numbers. You look at the numbers and, if uh, if this team can start creating some some turnovers, I'm beginning to think that's the whole key in NFL defense. Oh, sure it is. You're going to yeah. give up yards. You know, you're mm-hmm. going to teams are going to go up and down the field on you. But if you can get yourself a couple of turnovers a game and a couple of sacks a game, you know, I've really noticed it lately, and I, it's it's a stat you've known this forever, Rick. You sacked a quarterback on a drive at you almost. I bet you the percentage of teams that end up punting on those oh, yeah. drives. I bet you it's well over fifty percent. If you sure. get a sack, especially a sack of like eight yards or something, and put sure. a team in a second eighteen or a, a third and twelve or something like that, it's you're almost guaranteed to get the ball back. So if you can sack the quarterback here and there and get a couple of turnovers, you're going to give up yards. That's fine, but mm-hmm. and that's what this defense is doing now. At least, and, and look, we saw last week they get two turnovers, they don't turn the ball over, and that was an easy victory. And I realize again, it's a, not a Bad good football team, team they yeah, played, good, right? Yeah. But I, it just goes to show you. It, if if you can, I was watching a little bit of this end of the Steelers game. You turn the football over, you lo- you'll lose to anybody. You can lose right. to anybody if you give the other team the football. Yeah, because I mean, there's only eleven, about eleven, a little over eleven possessions per game. So every time you lose it and give an right. extra possession to the other team, then clearly you don't have as many chances to score. And if you're down and you're flipping, by and a lot of times you're flipping the flipping field, field position. position. And yeah. I think I think they put their defense in bad positions. That we forget about, you know, when we see these scores where they're, you know, down by three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Well, how many times do they give the ball to the team at the plus whatever, you know, plus right. twenty, plus twenty-five? Um, but yeah, clearly, clearly, turnovers have been the biggest, the biggest story of of the year, um, and the defense has helped out if you if you don't do that. Um, so, you know, from that standpoint, I think I think you're right. I, I also, you know, look, it's not a real talented side of the ball over there I mean they're right. you know they've added some guys on the defensive line I think injuries were a part of that I, I wrapped the defensive line a couple of weeks ago that they were one of the most disappointing units on the team for, for what they invested and now those guys have come back but you know Bo Allen was out for a while Vinnie Curry was out for a long time Joe McCoy missed a couple of weeks the only guy who's played every game is Jason Pierre-Paul and he's beat the hell you right. know he's got ribs neck you know shoulder knee and you know he's uh you know, it's Monty Python with him out there, but, um, but you know, he's he's been the constant. So, and now you know, the, the way they've sort of come together, I think, has has been impressive. Um, let me let me ask you this because um, going going back to uh, to Winston real quick, mm-hmm. if Winston can will himself to not throw the ball away like he did, like he apparently did, I mean, you could yeah. almost see him with the greater angel on his shoulder saying. I'm not going to throw this. I'm not going to throw this. I'm not going to throw this. Or I'm going to check this down. I'm going to check this down. I'm going to check this down. If he can do that, why doesn't he do it? Why doesn't he do it all the time, or more often than not? I mean, to me, that sort of proved that you know what? You just have a certain arrogance about the way you play the position. Almost, there's a certain arrogance about, and I also think that he takes on this idea that I have, I have to be the hero. I have to be the one that has. For a couple of reasons. One, I think part of him. 
I, I think gets intoxicated by being the, the man and who mm-hmm. wouldn't, you know? Sure. But I also think there's a part of him who feels like because of the defense and because of the situations they're in most week that he has to make a play that, that, yeah. that thrown interception, you might as well, it's the same as a punt because if we don't get the first on our team's not going to stop the other guy. I think they, I think they ran into a little bit and I think he's run into a little bit, a little bit of that over his career in that he gets the football and all of a sudden you're down seven nothing, and then you you punt, and now right. it's ten nothing, or now it's fourteen nothing, and you get right. the ball back and you don't get enough first downs, you punt. Now it's twenty one nothing, and I think that last week when you looked at it, they they were uh, they were ahead the whole game. They never yes, trailed they that had game. Had the lead, yep. Mm-hmm. And it changes, and it totally changes everything at that point. So, uh, but I, I th- the reason he doesn't do it all the time is because they rarely have games where they have a lead and and then and then hold on to that lead. So I, I think there's a little bit of that, but you're right, Rick, if he could get it, if he could sort of get that mentality of, okay, look, I don't have to win. I, I don't have to win the game by myself. Then I don't have, and I don't have to be the superstar. I don't have to throw for 400 yards. Mm-hmm. Then he gives himself a chance. I agree with you hundred percent. There were moments where you looked at him and said, he, you could almost see him thinking out loud. Yes, like, I'm yes. not throwing. I'm going to take the sack here, or mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, check it out. There was not one ball that he threw, Rick, that I thought as soon as he let it go, I'm like, <gasps> what's he nope. doing? Oh, why nope. would you throw that ball there? You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and if he can do that every week, now that's the thing. Can he do it every week? And what happens when they fall behind? What sure. happens when they when they get down ten nothing to a team? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Will he revert back to his old ways? That's, that's the question I have. Yeah, he never reached that uh, sort of like most games get into the position where you have to bring a team down to, to score, to tie, or go ahead, or, you know, um, something like that. So there was never that that situation. Deshaun Jackson is struggling. He's got a sprained thumb injury. He wasn't happy uh, despite the win over San Francisco because he only had three catches for 19 yards, one on Instagram, all this stuff. Um, Winston, we saw, missed him deep again. Let me ask you this. Would you want Deshaun Jackson back next season? And how much of this failure with him is, is on Deshaun versus somebody else? Boy, that's a great, that's a great question. You know, Thanks. Look, in a perfect world, yes, I'd want Deshaun Jackson back on his team. I think he brings an element that very few players in the National Football League bring to your team. Now, how much of a problem he is in the locker room, if at, at all, any? If at all, I, yeah. I don't know. Because, again, I'm not in there. I don't know what his relationship sure. is with Jameis or what his relationship is with Mike Evans or with Dirk Cutter. And is he a cancer? I, I don't know that he is. So I can't sit here and say, yeah, he's destructive to this team. He's clearly right. not destructive to the offense because the offense continues to put up really good numbers. Um, it, I would like, I, if I'm a Bucks, I would love to have Deshaun Jackson back because I, like I said, he does something that very few players in the national football league do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't teach speed. You can't teach Guys, you know, running 80 yards down the field and, and no one stopping him. Uh, he's a game, but he's a special talent. So I would, I would definitely bring it back. Now, as far as what, what the problem is, I don't, I don't, Rick. I, I again, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, he doesn't try hard every play. I'm, I'm not aware that he isn't trying hard. 
my thing is when you have a special talent like that, maybe I'm being naive and may and I don't it's I have not I have no relationship with Deshaun Jackson. My idea is you get a special player like that, you find a way to get him the you work around him. You get him the football. That's the way yeah. I feel about it. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't seem to have a problem doing it. So it's no. not like it's not like they're incapable. It's like Antonio Brown. Like is Antonio Brown, is he a diva with the Steelers? Is he a you know, uh, a hard guy. To, yeah, probably so. But you know what? He's the best receiver in football. So you find mm-hmm. a way to get him the football. I, I, uh, you know, Deshaun better than anybody. Uh, you, you've been to his house and you, you've talked to him. You've done stories on him. You know him better. I, I what do you think? Because I, I think, I think he's a special talent, and you have, to, you do what you can to. to keep well, him he is. I, I, I think that uh, obviously there's a difference between how he's played with Fitzpatrick versus Winston. I don't know that he has confidence in Jameis Winston, and even though they hit one ball, I think in two years, the sixty-yarder in Cincinnati, which was Winston's worst game. I think it's a thing. I think that Jameis struggles for whatever reason. He struggles getting him the football. Um, I think that Deshaun wins most of his routes, and then I think Deshaun gets frustrated. And I think yeah. when he gets frustrated, you see it, and and especially when they're losing. So, um, yeah, I don't know. With the money not guaranteed, I I don't know exactly what they're going to do. And frankly, he asked for a trade, so maybe he didn't want to be back. So that's also sure. a discussion they'll have to have. Okay, so you said you're picking the uh, the Bucks over the Panthers. Is that right? Yeah, I think I, I we do our scores each week for yeah. the times. I think I said like thirty one twenty seven. Carolina will score their points, but I again I, I don't think the Bucks will turn the football over. I think Jameis will be unless there's a fumble or a crazy deflection or something. But I, I don't anticipate um them turning the football over. Carolina's struggling. They've lost three in a row. Um their their defense isn't tremendous. I mean they gave up fifty some points a, a few weeks ago. So um I like Tampa Bay's chances. I I don't know that they're gonna they're gonna go on a tear here. I don't think they're gonna they're not gonna make the run the table. nine and seven. They're not going <laughs> nine and seven. No, but I would surprise if they got the seven wins by yeah. the time this is over and make it and flirting with eight because I think I think Jameis will start to uh, that's that positive reinforcement, Rick. I think he saw and I think he saw how people reacted to him last week. Yeah, like it's a different feeling around one buck. I bet you know. Well, it always, always helps to win. I mean, there's no sure question about that, and and I'm sure that. Uh, they're grateful he didn't turn the ball over, and, and so we'll see if he can do it two in a row. Okay, let's do our lightning round here. You were at uh, USF-UCF game. Uh, gruesome injury to Mackenzie Milton. It happened in front of you. You wrote about it in the Tampa Bay Times. And, uh, you know, without getting too into that, it's it's you hope the guy can just walk again, yeah, no uh, let alone play football. But did the way they played before that injury, um, did that change your opinion at all, the way they dominated USF as to whether or not they, they're worthy of, of, of discussion? You know what? I'm pretty much on the record football. here. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, much on the are. record as, as saying that I, I don't think UCF belongs. And they, look, do I think they're a good, pretty good football team? I do. Do I think I they could on a given day could play? And everybody wants to compare them to Alabama. Like, could they play with Alabama? I'm not sure. No. You know, Michigan or Ohio State or Oklahoma can play with, or Georgia can play with Alabama. Right, right, That's right. A, but could they play with everybody else? And on a given day, yes, I think they could. Mm-hmm. I think they could give Georgia a good game. I think they could. Them and Clemson might be a, a decent game. My whole argument, Rick, has been week in and week out. What is it yeah. like when you have to play at yeah. Kentucky one week and then you play home against LSU and then you got to sure. go to Mississippi State and then you got to come home to Alabama and then you got to go to Georgia? It, it's playing an SEC schedule or a Big Ten schedule or whatever. Every each and every week, it's that the cumulative effect that makes me wonder. Here's the here's the interesting question I have, Rick. Okay, you're a committee member, say. And you're looking mm-hmm. in. Let's say you let's say you've bought into the UCF hype 
Like, hey, oh, sure. they des- they deserve really to be like there. Them. They're yeah. they're beating everybody. They've won 24, 23 in a row, twenty four, whatever it is. Yeah. Would do you? Is it fair then to then take into account this injury to Mackenzie Milton when you're trying to figure out whether or not they belong? So let's Absolutely. say they go out. Let's say they go out this weekend against Memphis and they struggle, but they they've somehow managed to win. Yeah. Like twenty one seventeen sure. or whatever. Sure. But clearly not the same team. Mm-hmm. Is it fair to then? sort of judge them like going forward, like I don't think they're going to be as good a team and as worthy because they lost a guy to an injury. Does that matter? Yes, it does. To me, it matters because you're judging the team on what they are today. Um, Just like, you know, you can't look at a team that um, lost a game early in the season and say, well, that's who they are. It's You're judging them who they are today, right? right? I mean, so if you lost to Notre Dame in week one and then ran the table, had Michigan done that, I don't think Michigan was going to get penalized because, well, they lost to Notre Dame. Um, you, you know what I mean? Like, it's who you are today. And who they are today is a, a team without their best player who is probably more responsible for this winning streak than any single player on that field. So, sure. I, I like it or not, the NCAA basketball tournament does this all the time. Um, they yes, consider they injuries do. and guys that aren't, that aren't no longer available or what have you, and they will absolutely seed them lower. Um, based on who's available to play. So I, I don't have a problem with it. They're not the same football team, no matter what you think of UCF and, and, and their conference and, and, and whether or not they could hang uh, on, a, on a given day with somebody in, in the Final Four. Um, they are not going to do that without Mackenzie Milton. So Let, Let's take it a step further. Okay, so now they're, Michigan right now is ranked ahead of, of them, right? I think, Mich- mm. I think Michigan's ahead of UCF still. Uh, Could be. In the, latest, in the latest bowl They are, yes, correct. They, okay, so... Alabama wins out, so you would think that would pretty much eliminate Georgia, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, okay, and let's say okay, Clemson beats Pitt, which I would fully expect. Max, so Clemson's yeah. in, and, Nor- and Notre Dame at this point is in. You would assume because they're not they're, playing anybody. Yep, they're done playing. So those those are your three teams, and mm-hmm. now you're looking for a fourth team. Now let's say Oklahoma goes out and gets smoked by Texas, Texas. and somehow yeah, okay. Northwestern beats Ohio State. Somehow Northwestern beats Ohio State at that, and then UCF goes out and really impressively beats Memphis. Yeah. You know, like they look like the same team. Because, I know what you're you know, saying. I still don't think they're as good a team. I, I mean, they may. I don't think so either. They may have, so the, resume. They may have the resume, so but either. the resume is still. You're still playing Memphis. Yes, <laughs> you I know, agree. Like, I mean, those other teams lost to Texas and and in uh, Northwestern, which may not be a great football team, but it is a great conference. So, right. yeah, I just I don't mm, I don't I don't know how you get there, but it's an interesting conversation. Finally, Here's let's the, wrap here, it up. Well, here real quick, real quick, real yep. quick on this one. Oklahoma, Ohio State. Let's say Oklahoma goes out against Texas and and plays the typical Oklahoma game where the mm-hmm. final score is seventy five, seventy three, or whatever it is. They <laughs> they put up right. a thousand, you know, they put up a yeah, thousand yards, thousand but they give yards. up nine hundred. Sure. But they win, mm-hmm. and and Ohio State goes out and just annihilates Northwestern, like fifty nine yeah. nothing, like they did to Wisconsin a few years yeah. ago. Yeah, Ohio State's going, by the way. Oh, you think so? Okay, so that's what uh, that's what some people are saying. I think Oklahoma still gets in. I think Oklahoma. Do you now? Now does it does it matter to you that they can't stop anybody? I mean, no. is that would you rather have a team? I mean, is there any difference between a team that wins seventy five seventy and a, as opposed to a team that wins ten seven? I mean, it's kind of comp- well. I mean, no, that's yeah. There's a difference they can score, um, but I it's more to me. It's more the comp function of the conference. And does that mean that they can beat a really good Alabama team? You know, with no defense, no. Um, but. I would just say I think tech, you know, if, if all things are even, Texas is a much better football team than Northwestern. Sure. So if those oh, two teams do what they're supposed to do, I I look at I look at Oklahoma and Ohio State as really kind of the same. And frankly, I would expect the committee to reward 
Oklahoma for beating Texas more than they would Ohio State for beating Northwestern. But they had Michigan rated so high, and they put 60 on them. Oh, you know, I know what I mean? So, And, and I think this is something about me that tells me the committee loves Ohio State. Well, here's the thing. If Ohio State were to get in, if Ohio State were not to get in, say they win, say they beat Northwestern and doesn't yeah. get in, I think this will be the third year in a row. I want to say third year in a row that the Big Ten champion, the official Big Correct. Ten champion, did Doesn't not make, make the playoff. It. That's right. Now, one of those years, Penn State won the Big Ten technically. Yeah. Uh, but Ohio State still made the the That's right. The playoff, you know, but uh Penn State did not. Okay, one other thing, Rick. One other thing, let me ask you about college football. If if you're the committee, do you would you ever look at it and say, you know what, Alabama versus Oklahoma would be a far more entertaining game? than Alabama versus Ohio State. So I'm going to take Oklahoma just for the pure entertainment value because they I, that's an interesting matchup to me. You know, would should you consider I, I, that? I mean, some people might. I don't know that I would think about, like, let's try to, you know, ramp up the points or let's let's try to create a certain game. I mean, matchups are fun. You know, different regions of the country are fun. I think the brand is the thing, you know. Is, is the Oklahoma brand as big as Ohio State's brand? Is Urban Meyer – didn't you just know, though, when you – when you closed your eyes, <laughs> when you closed your eyes after the whole debacle that was Urban Meyer and the suspension in the 24 Mia Copas, and let me let me clarify my clarifications, did you not know that he was going to be sitting there at some podium during the college football playoffs and it was going to be the Urban Redemption Tour? Did you not feel that in your bones? Yeah, absolutely. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. What makes right. you think it's not going that way? <laughs> You know it's absolutely the, going that way. You know who's to blame for all of this? Maryland. You had you had <laughs> the guy true. wide open on a two point conversion, and you missed him. I How know. Did you not hit him? I know. They could have ended this whole thing. But uh, it and didn't. you know what? And if they did that, I you know I think Michigan beats Ohio State if that happens. Because I think Ohio's because I think then then Urban definitely starts getting the headaches again and everything, and they <laughs> they basically they pack it in at that point, and Michigan goes into Columbus and wins that game. Yeah, who knew that Jim Harbaugh can't coach? But that's what we oh, found man. out. It's terrible. Um, okay, real quick, we'll wrap it up on this. This is not about football. It is about the Tampa Bay Lightning, and uh, you can make this answer as brief as you want. Why isn't Braden Point considered the best player on the Tampa Bay Lightning right now, and shouldn't he be an MVP candidate? Since I think only, I believe only Alexander Ovechkin may have more goals at this point. He is their best player right now. Outside of goal, outside of goaltending, you know, obviously every team's goalie is the most valuable player. Is well, he their best hurt. player right now? He's their best player. You're right. You're absolutely right about that, Rick. And is he an MVP candidate? Absolutely, he is. This, I, he's certainly surpassed Stamkos, and he's getting to the point where he's and Cooch at this point. And Cooch, right? yeah, Kucherov at this point. I mean, you can now nah, you could throw out there that Ryan McDonough has been their most valuable player. You know, with uh, especially with Hed- Hedman's not quite been Hedman this season, right? But uh, I love Braden Point. I think he's a fabulous player, and he's going to, by three years from now, he'll be their their uh, highest-paid player, or four years from now, highest-paid player. He's a, he's a special, special talent, and uh, uh, I, I absolutely agree with you 100% on that one. Interesting. This is an interesting team, Rick. I think they're, I think they're really good. Uh, I, there still feels like – I know they're winning a bunch of games – and we're, t- we're recording this before their game Thursday night against yes. Buffalo. So don't want to put the jinx um, on Braden Point in case yeah, something happens. Right. Yeah, and, and Buffalo and Buffalo's coming into this game writ, like super Ten hot. in a row. Yeah, it's ten in a row. Record. Like I, I wasn't even paying attention to them. But it was yeah. so weird. It's funny, like these, these standings in the NHL. I had to ask uh, somebody the other day. I'm like, are they in the Lightning's division, the Buffalo? Like, it's <laughs> like that's how little Buffalo's right. been a factor here in the last few years. Um, 
But I, I also there's something, Rick. I don't know what it is. I feel like they're missing something. I don't. I and I can't put my finger on it. I, I don't know if. And it's not like a, this enforcer type thing. I just think, I think they're going to have to be a little harder to play against as time goes on. And I don't know mm. where where they pick that up. I don't know if it's on def, on defense or where, but. That would be my only concern that if they get into another series with with the and I we got a long way to go before the playoffs. Yeah, right? caps. Or they get into a team. series with the caps or somebody like that. Are they going to be able to to sort of withstand? Well, that? Anaheim was a heavy team, gave them trouble the other night. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And you look at a lot. I, I'm really curious to see how, how this game against Buffalo turns out. This I think this is a bigger deal for Buffalo than Tampa Bay. This game that that's a that like I said, it'll be over by the time most people hear this podcast. <laughs> so, but I'm real. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put it out ahead of time. I think this game means a little bit more to Buffalo than it does to Tampa Bay because it's a measuring stick for yeah. the, for the Sabers. Lightning knows they're good. You know, sure. Buffalo's still trying to figure that out. That's but, right. And the yeah. other, and I'd say another thing. Louis Domingue's been way better than I thought he would be. I've I've been waiting for Louis Domingue to crash because he's he's. I know he's played as the number one before in the in the past, but I yeah. I thought this. Playing, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14 games in a row at some point would wear on him to the. Well, to the and it hasn't just, yet, but, but no. I'll tell you what, I, I want to see where he's at after 20 games. Yeah. You know, I mean, that might be a. That, that might be. Well, I mean, they got another three three weeks, right? Or yeah, possibly. Well, yeah. And especially a broken foot, they're not going to rush Vasilevsky back. Now, in the long run, this, this injury uh, may not be the worst thing in the world for Andre Vasilevsky if it keeps him from playing yeah. 65 games or something like that. If now he ends up playing like 50. Somebody right. might be a much fresher goaltender come playoff time, but, right? Uh, but I've I've been impressed with how well Dominguez played. I kept, in fact, I made a prediction to a couple people, including Diana Neros, our our hockey writer. I said, "You watch, he's gonna. I think he's gonna crash at some point, and it hasn't happened yet." So, uh, from Braden Point to the Pointer <laughs> Institute of Media Studies, uh, Tom Jones of uh, See What I Did There. Uh, we'll be right back. Thanks, Tommy. Jaws. Hey, thanks, Rick. Good good football Friday, man. As always, of course, uh, appreciate Tom Jones. Good conversation with him. Like old radio days almost there, Steve. That's the team you put together, man. That's kind of fun. We got college football conference championships as we mentioned. They begin tonight, actually, with the Pac-12s playing Utah and Washington. So you want to be on hand for that. And, of course, busy weekend in sports locally. The Bucks play the Panthers on Sunday. We've got the Tampa Bay Lightning at Florida. So busy week in sports. We'll talk about all of that uh, absolutely on Monday morning. So you want to make sure... Uh, that you tune in uh, to Sports Day Tampa Bay, our podcast. We're here every Monday through Friday, and we appreciate you guys listening. And look, before you uh, before you get too deep into this holiday season, make sure you go see our friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. For a limited time only, our listeners are getting an extra 20% off all jewelry purchases. Go see my friend Andy. He's going to hook you up. Continental Wholesale Diamonds, 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150 right next to the Penthouse Club. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times for Steve Burstink. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you on Monday. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 